The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guests today are another one of our 2016 25 Under 25 winners. They are the founders of Crema, George Brook, who is the founder and its chief product officer, and Dan Lenhart, who is the co-founder and CEO. Crema is what they like to call a startup team for hire. Really interesting story here. So let's get started with this. What do you mean when you say startup team for hire? So what we find is that uh, there's a there's a group of people that want to launch digital ventures, and there's a really interesting place when you're um, thinking about launching your new app, your your iPhone app, or your new web application, or your new ecosystem online that's going to change the world. And the short and long of it is that a lot of people just don't know what they're doing, um, and so. What we basically bring to the table is that we've um, been able to work with uh, several different entrepreneurs, um, uh, mid-sized ventures, and then large brands to think about how to launch new product lines. So when you think about having a startup team, you would have, what, a designer, a project manager, uh, a product lead, somebody who's leading the vision of the product. You'd have developers or you'd have a whole staff of developers. Um, You're going to have growth hackers and marketing and and everything it takes to really take a product to the market and then uh, hopefully find product market fit. And so our goal as a company is basically to help accelerate that that experience Mm -hmm. and and really help people that haven't done that before usually is the case, or someone who has an existing company that has a, um, we'll say has a machine running Mm -hmm. in an enterprise or in a large brand and can't really move fast like a startup does. So we're able to come come alongside them and and really um, work with them to to launch a new product to the market. So we do strategy, um, user interface design, brand. Uh, then we build the apps or we build prototypes of the app very quickly. Um, we go test that with potential customers. Um, we validate that the idea has legs or that someone's willing to pay for it. Hmm. And then we um, we we try to take that and prepare to scale. And then really a startup team for hire. I'll take one step further with that in the is to say that we're really looking to get people in position. We're pitching the tent of a company for them as quickly as possible. And if it works, then we really are trying to, to um, maybe not good business, but we're trying to replace ourselves. We really want to position them to be um, and able to hire their own team and, and that they were able to get a snapshot of what it looks like to work with our culture. And maybe their culture would um, start to mimic a little bit of that and turn into their own venture. It's a funny thing. To say that because uh, whenever we talk to people about our business model of, you know, in 12 to 18 months, you know, you're going to replace us. They kind of, you know, furl their brow or raise their eyebrow as far as like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why, why would you use that as your business model? And what we found is it's right by the client. And most of the time in our experience, and when you do right by the client, you're going to have a good business model because people are going to see that you care one about their product 
and that you're going to do your best to provide the value they need. And if you think about it, a startup at some point, if they scale, they shouldn't be using an outside agency. They should be using their own people. They should be scaling their workforce. The collaboration that happens inside as part of a team of your own culture is really irreplaceable. That's a good point that you bring up because so often you hear from people, consultants who say, oh, you need to be able to replicate that business model so that you can keep those clients and and, uh, then just continue to upsell them or expand your relationship with them. And you really want them to fly the nest that's a success story to you when they can actually leave you behind. But as you say, uh, if you have a a great relationship with them, they're obviously uh, throughout their uh, lifespan of their business, they're going to run into others who are in the same position that they were, and they'll be able to refer them to you. So you, as long as you nurture them and get them off to a good start, help them build a foundation, they're going to refer others to you. That's exactly right, Kelly. And the startup community and the the community around entrepreneurship is so tight-knit that word travels fast. And when they've had a good experience with a company that's helped them get their product to a certain level that they're happy with and they're succeeding, they're going to tell other founders, other entrepreneurs that have ideas in the exact same space that either one, don't have the skill set to do it themselves, uh, they don't have enough money to hire their own team, but they have enough money to start with a team that's already formed, uh, word's going to travel fast. And yes. so. Yeah, it absolutely is. Let me ask you this. Are you looking for any particular type of industry? Do you focus on clients within a certain uh, uh, silo, for example, or is it just as long as it's about innovating and fast growth? You don't care what industry it is. I would say the the short answer is no, we don't care what industry it's in. Um, Our our focus really is on digital products. I think a lot of people ask us, you know, could you do manufacturing or could you take, you know, uh, an idea that I have for a a new pencil and take it to market? And and not currently. Um, We've talked about that. But primarily right now what we're launching is is, web platforms and iPhone apps and Android apps, um, anything that's going to be solving a problem online, really, or connecting to online. But... That being said, we're, we're really excited about, um, you know, kind of expanding that over the next couple of years. I think, I think industry focus, um, the fact that we have, we don't necessarily have a market or a vertical focus, um, allows us to really adapt really quickly. Mm-hmm. I think our, our best strength is to learn fast. And I think that's what an entrepreneur needs to be prepared to be thinking that way themselves. And so if anything, mm-hmm. they get a chance to see what it's like to do that with us, so to learn fast and sometimes fail fast or to learn fast and to iterate fast. And, and um, so we have to learn fast. I mean, we just stepped into a, a recent project where we're working with a company that's, um, that does IT security. I got to be honest, IT security, big enterprise IT security is something I haven't done a whole lot of. It's well over our heads. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and so we've, I mean, in a short period of time, I've been really challenged to go deep into the understanding of how that world works and what does a day in life of a security operator look like and 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 you know what how can we learn how to get inside their head when we have never been in that role before so i think it's it's really fun but it's what an entrepreneur how an entrepreneur needs to think mm-hmm. and we can kind of teach them that honestly and, yeah well you know in some ways that is an advantage I mean, I understand that you have to learn about the industry, but in some ways, an outsider looking in, uh, there's no sacred cows. Uh, you aren't uh, already, you know, you're not um, pigeonholed into these into an industry way of thinking. And for that reason, maybe you can think a little bit more broadly than your client has been, who's come up through that industry or who's been immersed in it already, and, and maybe can't see the forest for the trees. 
Absolutely. And honestly, we've been on the receiving end of that. We've had people from <laughs> other industries speak into what we're doing, and we've received valuable advice from either it's uh, having lunch with a friend that is, you know, in another industry, and they we tell them what's going on. And they say, they like, well, why are you doing it that way? Well, doesn't it make more sense to do that way? And it's like, well, yes, you are right. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. And so we, um, we are way too close to that. And so George and I frequently, whether that's, you know, step back ourselves as owners uh, or uh, step back with like an advisory board or just people that are close to us to try to figure out, hey, are we seeing everything? Clearly, we're a little close. Are there any blind spots we have? Anything that you would recommend? And we do get to do that for our clients. Um, and if there's yeah. any if there's any niche that we've started to find, it's really more in the platforms we're yeah. building. Um, one thing that I think the last six, maybe seven clients we've had, it's all in this space of a uh, two-sided marketplace. So all the, all the platforms we're building, there is a there's a consumer, there's someone who's providing the service or the product, and there's someone who needs it. So the supply and the demand, and so we're getting uh, we're getting really good at building platforms that provide a marketplace for two people, which can be really really difficult uh, to do to execute as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Let's stay with the idea of tapping into different industries and, and having different clients where you may not have knowledge of that industry. Is your staffing model such that uh, you obviously have people on your team that are full-time, but do you, ever, do you have a group of people that you can turn to outside of your uh, staff that you can pull in for specific projects and give their insights and be part of a team for that particular project? Do you ever work that way? We don't necessarily work that way when it comes to a specific industry. We'll reach out to someone in the industry and we'll consult or we'll basically pull them mm-hmm. in as a consultant. If it's something, uh, you know, we recently worked on a project that was in the ag equipment space. And so we, we really needed to pull in farmers and we needed to pull in someone who had been in the retail space of uh, agriculture and, you know, combines and tractors. And so we would, we would bring that person in as a consultant. But our model as it is today, our model has been really about the fact that we wanted to build a tight-knit collaborative team. And so mm-hmm. um, while we've grown to the size now where we have about two, almost three full-stack teams, um, that allows us to really have all those people in the same room working together on a regular basis. They know the kind of rhythm and the way that they, they communicate, and they can come in, and then there's really less friction with the client because you're, mm-hmm. not, ha- you're not having to bring another personality into the room that doesn't know each other. Mm-hmm. And, and you're, you kind of work through the culture of those personalities, which happens in a startup, but we can kind of remove that friction. Right. So our teams have been working together for a while now. And uh, again, it, it's made up of primarily, again, a strategist, designer, a few developers, a project manager. And, um, and that team r- works really well to be able to kind of take it to the next step of helping them think through that. I will say the alternative model that we see a lot of other, um, we'll, we'll put ourselves in the category of DevOps um, uh, development shops. Um, they, mm-hmm. they will scale by using outsourced resources anywhere in the world, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, being able to say, yes, we can definitely take on your project because I have, you know, 200 developers in India uh, allows them to take on and say yes to a lot more. Um, we end up right. saying we end up saying no to a lot because we really we've decided that we're going to only hire people that can work in in our space, be local to us um, in Kansas City, which we love, and um, and that's worked really well for us. I think the quality is better, the speed is a little bit faster, and and really the, really the collaboration. So when the developer understands the business model, they build a better product. 
Right. Exactly. What do you look for when you hire a team member? Obviously, you talked about, you know, local in Kansas City and collaborative, but what are some of the other things? That's quite a diverse group of talent that you're looking for there, you know, as you've named off the different uh, people, that, the types of people that you pull together with each team. So, so what other kinds of things are you looking for in addition to the, the hard talents that they bring? I think a few things that we look for across the board and what you said there about is a diverse group of, of, of talent. We have a lot of different programmers, designer, strategists that come from different, um, they're all in tech, but lots of different industries from medical um, to education. And so having that different experience brings, again, all new ideas and input. Um, but a few things we look for in general when we're sitting down or interviewing candidates are, one, can they think critically? So we ask a lot of questions about their ability to solve problems because that's at the end of the day, that's what we do. Um, we also look at their ability to adapt. So um, I'll usually ask a question of give me a time where a, a former employer or someone asked you to do something, you had no idea how to do it, but you were able to get it done. Talk to me about that process. Were you able to adapt to that? And then we also ask a lot of questions around teachability. Uh, we, our our team is incredibly humble. Uh, they're that way for a reason. George and I uh, pick people that show a sense of humility, that they're confident in what they can do, but they're humble. So we'll ask questions. Is um, One of my favorite questions is, tell me um, uh, one person in your life that's had a huge effect on your life and how have you carried that through, a mentor or a parent or a family member, anyone that has really affected you and how have you carried that uh, through into your work, into your life, just to get a sense of that they've mm -hmm. learned something from someone, it's a, it's affected them, and they've been able to use that in what the, in what they do. So I would say those are the three, I don't know if you want to call them top things, but three very important things we look for. I might add to that that the the one the one piece that we um, we really get excited about is is um, just the ability to have that human to human interaction, right? Um, you the, it's communication. Yeah, yeah, it's a stereotypical <laughs> developer <laughs> issue um, yeah. that people don't know how to communicate with other people, and our team really does. I mean, we've had some really talented um, people come through the door for potentially um, looking on being on our team, and there was this sense of yeah, but you won't be able to collaborate. I mean, that's really mm. that that was that was the issue is you won't be able to collaborate. You could sit down back there and you could write probably the most robust, amazing code ever, but our team almost has to be collaborative because of how small and tight-knit we are, mm -hmm. um, at least at this stage. And so that's it's been a factor for us. Yeah, so so that, that uh, collaborative culture is really what you're going after and what produces the best results. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I want to find out more about George and Dan's entrepreneurial journey, their personal entrepreneurial journey. We'll be right back. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electro-synth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of we were... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. Interested in growing your business? 
Thinking Bigger Business Media has the resources you need to grow your company to the next level, whether it's an aspiring business, a startup, established, or mature. Thinking Bigger provides the how-to strategies, critical connections, and key information to make your business more productive and more profitable. Check them out at ithinkbigger.com and find out what successful Kansas City business owners already know. Thinking Bigger Business Media is the resource for growing businesses. Visit them today at ithinkbigger.com. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here this morning with two of our 25 under 25 winners from the class of 2016, George Brooks, the founder and chief product officer of Crema, and Dan Lenhart, who is the co-founder and CEO. We talked a lot in the beginning half of the show about what Crema does and who their customers are and their culture and how they work together collaboratively. Now, guys, I want to hear what your story is. What, what are your backgrounds and, and what led you to Crema? So I'll kick off this. My, my story really began um, about, well, we'll say eight or nine years ago, about 10 years ago, um, when I was working as a, a designer. Uh, my, so my background's in graphic design and, and went to school for that and moved up to Kansas City to work for a very small design studio here in Kansas City. And I uh, really enjoyed that, learned a lot through that process. During that time, uh, I'll make a very long story short, that during that time, <laughs> my, my, my oldest daughter was born. And she was um, born slightly premature, but that was really more because she had these cysts in her chest that were just uh, causing her to have a cr- critical birth. So she was at the hospital for the first seven months of her life. Um, she came home when she was seven months old. And what was incredible about that is um, I was 45 minutes away from the hospital where, at my office where I worked. And so what I ended up doing is uh, on a pretty regular basis, um, the hospital will call and say, hey, you need to get up here right now. We're not sure if she's going to last much longer. And so we would, mm-hmm. you know, take that 45-minute drive all the way up to KUMED and, um, and really try to figure out how to live this life between, you know, at work, trying to provide good value for my employer and also, you know, being close to my daughter who's going through this critical time. And so um, I made the smart decision that while my daughter is in the hospital, I'll quit my job. And so I actually left, <laughs> I left working for my, um, the, that design studio. And I said, hey, well, I'll be a contract for you. I'll go into freelance design. Um, you know, I can get a laptop now. Come to find out, KU Med has great Wi-Fi if you ever need to start a business. Um, and, and basically I was able to kind of, um, set up shop both at my house and, and at KU Med and, and work from there. Um, long, I'll, I'll jump ahead real quick. My, that she, she went through some very, very critical time, came home when she was seven months old, but she's now in second grade. And if you didn't see the scars, you wouldn't know the difference. She's awesome. Wow. Um, what a story. Yeah. It's, 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 so, so, so it was, it was a twin birth, uh, you, your daughter and your uh, business. That's a great story. That's a good way to put it. I've never thought of it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so it really was, I can kind of measure the length of how long at least I've been out of my own by, by how old she is. And, um, so, so during that time started doing design work, I really started to connect to this new thing that was happening in Kansas City. And it really was about about eight years ago, eight, nine years ago, where there was, there was kind of this entrepreneurial community starting to pop up. Technology was becoming this new thing. The iPhone had just come out and we were all trying to build apps on it and trying to do cool things. And and, and we all wanted to be in San Francisco, but we lived in Kansas City. You know, that, <laughs> this was this is kind of just our thought process, right? And what, what there was is there was a lot of developers in Kansas City coming out of the Sprints and out of the Cerners and out of the other, other companies 
um, that were trying to build new platforms, but they didn't they didn't know how to build great product experiences. They didn't know how to design these things. And so I worked as a, a freelance designer for about two years and change or something around that, um, designing for for this group. Started to get more work, um, started to take on bigger projects, and um, realized this could be something. We're, we're starting to go someplace. That time, I, I decided to bring on my first employee, I guess. At that point, it was like, what's an employee? I don't even know how this works. <laughs> and... Um, and, I've only been one before. Yeah, right. Exactly. What's and W two. Yeah, right. And um, and oh no, I didn't even think about that. Um, and so, uh, long story short, then I realized I'm a designer. I have no idea how to run a business. Um, and uh, and really, that's kind of uh, my my pitch to Dan, where Dan comes into the picture, and we take off from there. So I'll let let him tell his story. Yeah, so, so you came in and saved the day, Dan. No, yes. no, no, yes. no, 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 no. That is no. absolutely. I made true. a contribution. If you would have no. seen my books before Dan showed up, absolutely, <laughs> you'd agree with that. Um, so I guess my uh, entrepreneurial journey, or I, I would call it more small small business journey, starts. Uh, my grandfather and my dad both own their own business. My grandfather actually selling the business um, oil distribution to my dad that he owned for 35 years. And so um, looking back now, it's like, wow, I learned a lot. I didn't know I was learning it at the time, um, but I can go back to just different things that seeing how my dad worked of like, okay, I can apply that now. It's kind of amazing how growing up in that environment, you just, just becomes part of you. But um, so I always had um, an affinity for small business. Um, it just, the idea of being able to um, make a, a big impact, um, but yet as a small team um, was um, uh, appealing to me. But I went to school at uh, KU, uh, got my degree in sport and fitness management, wanted to go into sports business, loved sports, loved business, so the two mixed fairly well. However, it's a highly competitive, very, very competitive field, and you have to be willing to travel and move across the country at any given time for any position that pops up. And um, at the time, I was um, engaged. And, you know, my fiance at the time, now my wife, we were like, nope, Kansas City, wants, that's going to be our roots. That's where we want to stay. So um, long story short, I went to work for Blue Cross Blue Shield for a year, then went and worked for an athletic drug testing company for three years doing project management, then went back to Blue Cross Blue Shield as a health and wellness consultant for about nine months. And then I had coffee with George one morning, and that's when uh, the conversation came up of, hey, you know, this would be fun. Yeah, you're right. It would be. Let's consult our wives to see if they think it would be fun too. <laughs> um, so we did that. We actually did a lot of uh, just soul searching and, and prayer and asking our wives and friends close to us, family members of, hey, is this a good idea? You know, friends going in to business together and we decided to, and uh, we've learned a lot about each other. Um, we've learned what I've learned what I do well, what I don't do well. I've learned things like I I want to do that well, but still can't do that well. So um, just kind of the integration of, of left brain, right brain has been a really good, um, it's been an awesome journey, highs and lows, but it's like, wow, we work really, really well uh, together. And so that's kind of uh, my story up into entrepreneurship of being able to just create a solution. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. a lot of really good companies have, Two founders who have, uh, or, or you know, a first and second person who uh, is very skilled at one thing and the other balances them. And it sounds like you've got that going on here, uh, going really well. Let's talk for a minute about um, the company direction. You've shifted it just slightly recently, or in in the last year. Uh, you talked about being a design shop, but you've shifted that now, and you're really working more with the startups. And you're still doing the apps, but it's it's 
the model's a little bit different than you originally started with, isn't it? Yeah, I think that the 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 really the focus is, is that we've refined. We've been really strategic about saying um, we won't continue to say yes. We're gonna we're going to say yes to the right things and, and no to the other things. And and as we started to ask what are the right things to say no to, um, we started really turning away certain types of work. So so for example, um, I think when most people think about a design shop that does development, they would think, oh, I can go to them to get their web- my website for my company made. Right. Um, so a brochure style website that talks about what we do and, and who we are and has pictures of the, fa- you know, the team and all that kind of stuff. And we really found there's a lot of companies that do that. There's a lot of communication firms in town that do that really well, um, that are better at thinking about how to, to, to put out PR re- releases and things like that and how to put that, that information online and how to manage social media. And, and what we wanted to say was, no, we're going to really focus into product. We really love making great products. And then we really want to figure out how to take that product and, and find customers. And so that really was our focus was how to build products first. Mm-hmm. And now I think what we're expanding into is how to um, kind of the next step of that is how to hit product market fit. And then really what we're excited about kind of for the long-term vision for us is um, – really that opportunity that we've built an incredibly talented team. Um, we're kind of sitting on a gold mine of talent really um, in, in our own office. And we want to turn that back in towards ourselves and start to look at what are some areas that we could solve problems, build our own products, um, mm-hmm. and be able to launch those. Some of them may be solving our problems that we have internally, and we think other people might have the same problems. Um, some, mm-hmm. of them, some of them may be in, in other markets or verticals that we could um, you know, push out. But I think we're in a, what we're calling our innovation lab internally, um, we allow our teams to, to really dial down off of client work. For uh, We have these week-long launch events um, where we allow the team to dial down. We build a product in a week. Uh, try to see if it has legs, and then we, and then if we we decide to, we can invest into turning that more into a, a sustainable recurring revenue. Oh, that'd be awesome! Uh, recurring <laughs> revenue. <laughs> it sounds like a golden really fun ticket. place to work. Yeah, and we love it. I mean, it's it is so much fun. We're you know we're we open up for first Fridays because we're down in the Crossroads district. We uh, we have a lot of meetups and and events that happen there. We have a very creative, you know, very creative arts focused kind of mm-hmm. space. And uh, even with, um, I think the businesses want to come in. We have two businesses, or we have one big business right now that we're working with. It's launching uh, a phenomenally great product out of New York and Toronto. And we keep trying to find an excuse to go out to them, but they keep wanting to come to Kansas City, uh, which, is, which is awesome. And they've actually talked really? about uh, some opportunity here. And they want to come here. They love being in our space. They love being in this town. And so I think that says something not only about um, us, but about Kansas City as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we've got just like a minute left, but I want to get this question in too. Uh, this, the startup community, the tech startups in particular, you hear a lot about it. Some people think that it's you know, yeah, there there's not a lot of legs to it. A lot of publicity, not a lot of legs behind it. Um, what are you seeing in the tech startup arena? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think that the the thing I'm really excited about in Kansas City specifically is there are a lot of companies that are starting. I think what we what we need to train ourselves to do is figure out how to sustain that, how to actually scale that. Um, I, I like that our community has fostered the sense of of new companies, but I think we need to take it to the mm-hmm. next the next stage of figuring out how to really achieve product market fit, and when you achieve product market fit, how to scale that. Yep. Absolutely. Now, last question. Crema. How in the world did you come up with a name like Crema? Where did that come from? Well, first and foremost, uh, we, we love coffee. 
uh, we have to have it in order to do our work. It's just a requirement. Um, but uh, secondly, um, crema, um, what it is is the golden layer of foam on top of an espresso shot. And so as we were first getting our start and doing purely UI design, we were marketing ourselves as that golden layer on top of your marketing, the thing that gives mm-hmm. your, your company texture and it's it's the richness of it. Yeah, one of those things is like, hey, it's crema. It's so we're the crem, yeah. you know, crem de la crem, you know. But, uh, but uh, since then, um, we've been able to have fun with it. If you come to our office, we have probably five different ways you can make coffee. And so clients come in and vendors, we can ask them, hey, do you want to pour over? Do you want drip coffee? Do you want a French press? It's just, it's a way for us to kind of just bring people together and uh, have good collaboration. Yeah, well, sign me up. I'm going to come down and visit. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you guys so much for being on the show today. Love your story. Congratulations again on the 25 under 25 award. And uh, how would people reach you if they're interested in getting in touch with you? I think check out crema.us and, or cremalab.com is, is so some people knew it, but, um, or just anywhere you can f- uh, look up crema online. Well, that's pretty much us. Okay. Thanks again. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at IThinkBigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at IThinkBigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.